Hi there, chaps. Happy New Year. Um, although it's kind of now mid-January because, um, well, look, I'm just eating some cake and I've got my cup of tea and I thought, oh my goodness, I've been wanting to do another episode since the uh, pre-New Year episode. And, um, well, something happened over New Year, not anything dramatic. Uh, by the way, welcome. You're listening to How to Live a Sterling Life and I'm Kate and I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Um, yeah, but I started, so that whole podcast, that last podcast was all about channeling everything you want to take into the year. And I felt so excited because everything that I talked about in that last podcast was everything that I was also channeling and practicing in the run up to the new year in terms of the energies I wanted to take into the new year and the focus and the drive and the determination alongside all those other bits that we explored with goal setting and things like that and then what happened was I I just hit this slump of concentration and focus and this very strange week between well just that first week of January really and that those last couple of days leading up to the new year where I think I just completely and utterly lost any structure because for the first time ever I didn't have any live classes to teach I didn't have I had like a small handful of clients but everyone else was kind of off on holiday and, you know, Christmas and taking time out. I didn't have much structure to keep me um, on track. I had lots of ideas and I had lots of stuff I wanted to put together for Refresh and Renew, um, my 12-week programme. But no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it. I would either sit at my computer and just stare at the screen um, or I would... Um, find myself putting on the TV and watching some like really light-hearted, trashy style of programs that I haven't watched for a very long time. And actually, I think as a result of everything I've learned over the last couple of years, I just lent into it. And I didn't put any pressure on myself to suddenly go and achieve all those goals I'd set out or, or, the, or like achieve those energies or feel those energies that I'd been so excited about channeling into the new year because it felt very inauthentic and what I've really learned um, and what I really encourage you to do as well is that sometimes it's okay to really lean into what feels like you need over what you feel like you should do. Um, so for me, because as well, it's, I've, you know, I live in a small flat and I love my partner very much, but as many of you, I'm sure have also coexisted in spaces that now feel quite cramped for you, whether that's emotionally or physically, um, or maybe it's been the opposite and you felt quite lonely and you're living by yourself. The spaces that we've lived in in the last year or two because of COVID have become slightly different environments because we're either spending so much time in them um, either by ourselves or with other people, that it can become quite claustrophobic. So for my partner and I, we've predominantly been at home, um, but he got some work that meant he was going to be out of the house, out of the flat for a good couple of weeks. Um, obviously, he would come home. Well, not obviously, but he did come home. It wasn't like he disappeared. But it was the first time in like nearly two years that I've had time to myself. And I'm someone that really loves, pardon me, time to myself. And I I, I also have realised how much I enjoy and I love working with people in a physical space. And online is incredible because it means I can reach people that, you know, you might be listening to this and we've never met in real life. And it, that's incredible to me. That's really exciting because I love those connections. But there is also something really powerful in being with other people. And so I had this, I had a bit of a wobble. And I texted him one day and was like, oh my God, you know, um, 
I think I might need some help walking the dog or doing something because I just felt really claustrophobic and really trapped in the flat because life had become about walking the dog and doing all these other tasks like, you know, just, well, we do this anyway, but we, we share a lot of the tasks, but it kind of, you know, when someone, if you're in a relationship and one of your partners goes, if one of you goes out and, and that balance has slipped and suddenly you're doing like everything. So I was doing all the things in the flat, which he... He wasn't not doing it, but we often share various tasks, which I felt like I was doing then more of. But then I would walk Ralph, be knackered, come back, and emptying the dishwasher was taking me like four hours because I just didn't have the focus. And then it would get to the end of the day, and suddenly I was like, oh my God, is this going to be my life now with a baby on the way as well? Like, am I just going to be trapped in this small flat for the rest of my life? not progressing with the career things I want to progress with and not meeting other people and I had a bit of a, had a, bit of a wobble and I just texted him one day and said you know um I think I need some help and then I realized that I was being not dramatic but that I was kind of assuming that this was going to be our day-to-day for the rest of my life and actually that wasn't rational and old thinking processes had come in and I hadn't been able to reflect and respect the fact that he was not always going to be working these hours and that I would have time to go out and that COVID actually had just meant that I hadn't been going to places in London, for example, because I didn't want to catch it before Christmas and I didn't want to give it to anyone else. And also I'm pregnant, so it's a bit of a high risk. But even though I was vaccinated and all this kind of stuff, it had had this impact where I felt really trapped. So part of the reason I share that very convoluted story is just to say, if you had every intention of starting this new year with a real bang, it's everything I said not to do, basically, is trying to... I wasn't trying to achieve a whole year in a day because I know that that's not practical, but I was really trying to channel these energies that I'd so felt before the new year came in of, yeah, this is going to be, you know, expansive and connected and and focused and driven and refreshing and new is going to get bigger and better and I'm going to get all this content together. And I was so excited about it. And then... And then it was like something happened and I had to have a week or two to recalibrate. And and actually, I did just need that time to chill because now I feel so much better and ready to go and focused. And I mean, I work better with a bit of a deadline anyway, so I do work better with a bit of pressure. But just I really wanted to say that if you have found that the new year or whenever you're listening to this, you've had some really big dreams and goals and aspirations for whether it's a year or a couple of months or a couple of weeks, and you go to start them and you're overwhelmed, just just breathe and exist and live and just be present in your life for a couple of days and just see what happens. Because actually by doing all the things that kind of on paper doesn't look like you're getting anywhere. So, you know, me chilling out and actually just taking some downtime, which I haven't really taken in the last year or two to just hang out at home and potter around and drink cups of tea and eat leftover Christmas chocolate and watch some really like trashy... I started watching the the Kardashians. I'd never watched the Kardashians. I don't know what came over me. But I just needed to watch some kind of, not even voyeuristic, but just some really trashy stuff <laughs> just to kind of zone out a bit and, um, and just to rest. Um, so it's a reminder that if at times, whether it's now or in the year ahead, where you feel like you're in like that pulling you're not in flow you're in a bit of a flux so you're not with flow everything feels like it's just naturally happening and there's energy and it's not forced and then the opposite of that is that it all just feels really forced and clunky and and things just aren't working and and maybe you then aren't getting the results you want to see and 
and then and then it gets a bit stressful and then that's when we can go back to old comforting habits and things like that which depending on your goals can then sabotage you in the longer run anyway um it's just to take your time to coast through a little bit so that you know you can kind of have a chance to recalibrate in whatever way is going to work for you because it's just a suggestion but for me it's really worked because now I'm I'm back on it I feel more focused and developing a bit more structure in my day I feel really excited again about the year ahead. Um, I'm feeling really patient. And I think that came into it as well, is that this time last year, if I'd felt like this, I would have really forced it and I would have really pushed myself and, you know, really, yeah, really probably because I wasn't pregnant. This Well, I was, but, oh, did I realise it this time last year? Not quite yet, but I would have probably drunk a lot of coffee and just, you know, really ploughed through with too much sugar and over-exercising, things like that. Whereas actually now it's really taught me to just take each day slightly slower, to breathe, to be patient, to remember that there is a whole lifetime ahead, that we don't have to achieve everything in one go, that there's going to be these little bumps in the road, which is exactly what I said about in the last podcast. But it's just good when you live through it to be present and to acknowledge it and to not force it through. So I wanted to share that just in case your years had also got off to a bit of a bumpy start. And it's why I haven't done a podcast episode yet, um, because, um, well, I just, I was having a bit of a recalibration, needed a bit of a reboot. Um, and yeah, practicing a little bit of what I preach. But it's then also made me really reflect and think back and acknowledge how long processing big life changes can take as well. Because for the first time in my life, I feel really excited about my life without any other caveats of um, energies like or experiences holding me back or drawing me back. And I talk quite specifically in relation to my divorce. And it's made me realise that, and I just wanted to share this in case it helps. So this might not resonate with you, but I just I just thought it might, in case it does resonate or if it does, does help. But in order to really fully and wholeheartedly accept and love the life that you are now living it needs to feel like it is a better life or a more fulfilled life or a more expansive life than the one that you have left behind so and I'm talking quite specifically here in in terms of like a big life change whether that is a divorce or a breakup maybe it is a job loss maybe it is losing someone that you've loved very much maybe it is losing a home maybe it is some other catastrophic diagnosis that has had a huge impact on you in order to really embrace a life i suggest or i invite you <laughs> to consider that the life that you in you are in now you have to 100 like million percent believe and exist in in a way that feels better, more aligned, more in flow than in the life that you lived before. So for me, I've needed to fully accept and embrace without apology the life I'm living now with the person I'm living now, um, living with now, in the relationship that I'm in now, with the choices that I'm I've made over the last couple of years that have resulted in the situation that I'm in now. But in order to fully really like move on as best I can from the divorce which will always I will always reference it maybe over time I'll reference it less but without it my life would never have had this catalyst of change in terms even of my relationship with my body and my relationship with exercise my relationship with food my relationship with alcohol my relationship with people 
all about these relationships that we tie into in our day to day that we don't even realise because we don't go to school and learn about relationships. We go to school and learn about maths and science and English. And, you know, creative stuff, if you're lucky in sport, <laughs> um, if, if you've also been, in, you know, if you've, if you've had that chance. But all these other things that we have to learn as we grow up and we get older. And actually, maybe it is best that we learn them as we go anyway. But they're such integral parts of our life. But we forget, we don't even realise that actually we're constantly within these, in these relationships with other people or other things or other situations. And so when one of those relationships is tied and then cut tied together and cut in a way that has a big impact. Maybe it's even the end of a friendship. I know that it's taken me a long time to get to terms with how my friendships, for example, I've talked about it before, but how they've just shifted. They're just different. They're different because I'm a different person to the person that I was when I was in my previous relationship, in the marriage, with those friends. It's different to the times that I've grown up with them at school. It's different to the times now in terms of who I am and in terms of what they have going on in their lives. And none of it's bad. It's just a fact that we've changed as people and not even necessarily massively. But I think we all do change over time. Like We can't deny the fact that we do shift and change, even if we're not conscious of it. But... I don't know why it's taken me so long. I think I had a couple of really good coaching sessions with the coach that I have been working with this year, last year. And it just really made me realise how much love I have for both. Well, I've known I love my partner, obviously, but I hadn't really given myself permission to love him and talk about the love that I have for him in a way that I do have that love for him. And I have told him this, (laughs) so don't worry. If he ever hears, listens to this, hopefully he has got that message. Um, I did try and tell him quite explicitly because I think it's important because it wasn't that I was holding back from the love, but I definitely had fear, I think, of commitment and fear of allowing myself to love without apology, Um, especially, you know, when you get married to someone or when you're in a long-term relationship with someone, it feels like that is your love for life. And it's hard to believe or trust that you can have the life perhaps that you've even imagined or dreamed of with someone else when you've dreamed of a life in a previous relationship that hasn't worked. And, and then it feels like nothing you ever dream of again will come to fruition. And I'm just using relationships as an example, because it's to me, it's the most relatable one. But you might have other ones, maybe there's jobs or situations with family or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's to really unapologetically love and embrace and go all in on that future step that you're taking. And maybe it is being super brave and you're starting up your own business and and there is apology there. Like I know that I've struggled with this a bit in terms of sense of, you know, when I went to sell the group training company that I was running last year, there was this huge overriding thing in my head and back of my head and with what other people had said about money and, you know, well, what are you going to do and how are you going to earn money and not in so many words but when you talk to people about your ideas and they've kind of got their own fears perhaps that they're putting onto it or they just want you to be okay and they just are kind of you know you have conversations with people and then the seeds of doubt that might come from other people plant in your head without even realizing it or my head or whatever and then that can have this huge impact because suddenly that feeling of being brave is taken away in a feeling of rational rationality I don't even know if that's a word. Is that a word? It is now. Um, 
obviously being rational and being sensible is good and that's why we have fear as well because fear is that natural human drive or emotion even or feeling to just make sure that we stay safe it's quite a primal feeling um it's something that helps us physically to stay safe but also just practically in the world so fear is not a bad thing it's just good to clock it and to know when actually it's holding you back from something that you actually in the long term will be incredibly successful with or at whether that's a relationship or the end of a relationship perhaps maybe you've you're in a relationship you're not happy in and you fear ending it but you know it's the right thing to do and I, I can't, I'm not going to give, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the right person to give relationship advice. It's just good to be conscious of it because we do get comfortable and we do get to a place where it feels better to stay where we are because the unknown is far too terrifying. And this is what came out of this coaching over in the like kind of run up to the end of um, that last year for me was this sense of, and this realisation that in order to fully move on from times that have been insanely challenging and hard and sad and dark and tough, we have to be brave enough to step off the cliff edge almost into the new life wholeheartedly and unapologetically and open-armed in the gesture of walking towards what is coming up and ahead for us and for you after that huge change. And it is without apology because I know for a fact that we and I, I'm not sure if you have experienced this, but we kind of hold ourselves back from fully succeeding for fear of either outshining other people or for drawing attention to ourselves or for always being that meek person that's apologising, which is how I used to be for a long time. And I still am awful at it. I'll say, you know, someone drops a cup on the floor, I'll say sorry, even if I'm five foot away. It's just inbuilt in me, uh, which is something I've worked on continuously (laughs) and will continue to work on. But it's those kind of small things. And I really recommend an audio, if that resonates, recommend an audio book or or you can just do it on Audible or um, the book, The Big Leap. The Big Leap or The Giant Leap? I think it's The Giant Leap. I'm just going to look so I make sure I tell you the right one. Uh, Give me two seconds because obviously this is all done with lots of... um, the Big Leap by Gay Hendrick. Gay Hendricks. Um, so I listened to this book on Audible because I've started doing that walking Ralph. But you can always, obviously, buy the book and read it. But he talks about um, basically how we we are our own worst enemy and how we hold ourselves back. Um, so it's it's he talks about working into the zone of genius. So that zone that you almost don't give yourself permission to go into because you're too afraid or we're too afraid of really shining brightly. And he talks about why as individuals, like, you know, you will have a different reason that you hold yourself back to why I might have a different reason to hold myself back based on experiences or um, general kind of belief systems and and things like that. Um, And so... Yeah, it's so interesting. He talks about this kind of cap that you can get to as an individual that anything that might go over that cap to take you into the zone of genius is then um, us self-sabotaging ourselves in in many, many ways. Um, But yeah, I really recommend that. So it's uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, it's called the Upper Limit Problem. Sorry, I was just trying to remember what it was called. Um, so the Upper Limit Problem is when you hit your upper limit, and then 
to go over that would actually take you into your zone of genius, which is where you really, really shine. But actually, in order to stay small or to um, conform or to not outshine others and things like that, uh, we we stop ourselves and we sabotage ourselves in whatever way it might be in order to stay where we're comfortable and where we think we should stay. Um, and that all just links into it because I think that this whole realisation that I had in terms of really owning your life or owning my life and being proud of it is that kind of connection to almost stopping myself from going into that upper, that is my upper limit. I kind of hold myself back, you know, that like edge of the cliff. Someone's just got their hand on their shoulder and they're just tugging you back ever so slightly, even though you really want to take that next step and be brave. But there's just that something, that niggle that holds you back. And this realisation for me has been, really empowering and quite exciting and I wanted to share it in case it resonated because uh yeah it feels like it can be a really good thing just to be conscious of and just to explore and you know it might not resonate but really specifically in relation for me with my divorce you know the separation which happened just over five years ago now it's taken me five years to get to this point and everyone is different and you're unique. I'm I'm unique. Like I'm different to you. You're different to your sister or your brother or your mum or your dad or your friend or the person next to you at the bus stop. We're all so different that there is no right or wrong in terms of a processing time, especially if you're going through something really challenging. But to be able to still have a great time in the exploration and the journey along the way is possible and it is important I think um, even though there are many days that you might end up really struggling and crying and sad and dark and don't get me wrong like if I was to put together all the time over the last five years I've spent crying I'd probably have a two and a half year block of just crying but I needed that time and I needed that processing space and I've needed that that kind of I've made lots of mistakes in that time communication mistakes trying to keep others happy really not being brave and accepting the life that I've chosen to live now. And, you know, like I say, I've always loved the partner I'm with now. And 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 there's it's absolutely not diminishing that love that I have for him or for our life. It's just that I hadn't realised that I had perhaps been holding back and apologising for it when actually in order to really continue moving on from all that challenge in the past and being brave and making bigger and, and longer-term commitments you have to, or I have to, step into that with real conviction and with real bravitas and a release of the past. Because in order to do that, there is then a release of the past. And it goes back to that earlier episode in the in the podcast of Let It Go. And it's an impossible task, letting things go sometimes. Like I really remember in the early days after my divorce when memories would just keep flooding my brain and I would squeeze my eyes shut and literally just be like trying to gouge out my memories really trying to draw out all those difficult just those good memories that come in that swamp out all the reality of what actually is happening in life um alongside all that again recalibration that goes on but it is possible to enjoy the process like there have been so many days as well where I haven't been crying where I've been having the best time of my life where I've had a better time for those challenges than I would have done without them and so it's a reminder as well that if you are having a a struggling time that makes no sense but if you are having a tricky time that it does it does get better if you keep 
going every single day, reframing thoughts every single day, still taking that time every single day to be really grateful of the foods that you're eating and tasting, those physical senses, what you're smelling, what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're hearing. It all just helps the experience, like that human experience, be even more alive. And then that in turn helps those connections with other people. And it really helps, like I think, you then being able to really get out of your life what you want to get out of your life and to have patience with it. God, patience has taken me a very long time and I'm only now realising it. You know, I'm 37 this year, but I'm only really realising it now, having properly had to slow down with the pregnancy and also a knee injury that has meant I can't run anymore for the time being anyway. Um, I can't drink as much caffeine as I used to be able to, so I've definitely slowed down my nervous system. Um, But slowing down to speed up is so incredible and your life isn't going to crumble if you don't get everything done in that one hour or that one day. Things will keep on ticking over. Um, And that big realisation for me that in order to really, truly and utterly move on from difficult times, you have to, I would suggest, embrace the life that you are stepping into without apology and with pure love and conviction for the choices that you're making because that's given me this bigger strength to really embrace what comes next. So I hope that resonates in some way and I hope it makes sense. Um, It felt pertinent to share it and um, I think especially when it comes to relationships with people, it can be incredibly challenging because there are so many emotions involved and likewise with yourself, your body, your mind, um, you know, the experiences that have happened to you, the, the mistakes perhaps that you've made, it's really about leaving them behind where you can whilst also processing them and learning from them, but not allowing it to hold you back, not not allowing those times to put that upper limit on your potential to really fulfil and expand into the life that you want to live. Anyway, I hope you are well. Let me know how you're getting on. Let me know um, what you think of, <laughs> I don't know, life. Um, please, if you have time on Spotify now, you can you can just, it's even quicker than on Apple. You can just give, give obviously a five star, a uh, little uh, review of this podcast. Um, likewise, if you do have time to write a review over on Apple podcast, please do. I'll be so grateful. And, and when obviously things continue to become even busier and more successful, I'll... I don't know, I'll repay the favour at some point further down the line where I can. Um, But yeah, sending lots of love out there via the the airwaves, I guess. And keep looking after yourself and be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself. And um, I'm not going to say time's a healer because I hate that expression, even though it's true. But just remember in every single day, even if you're having a challenging time, find something that gives you joy, even if it's a cup of coffee, like treat yourself um, to that really good cup of coffee that's just going to give you that hug or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, okay, I'm going to go now. (laughs) Look after yourselves. (laughs) See you later. Bye.